the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are the righteous and the unrighteous. There are the believers and the unbelievers. And understand, when we talk about the righteous, we're not saying righteous because of our works, but righteous because of the works of Jesus Christ. Join us now for Grace to the Bay as we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ through sound expository teaching by our teacher, Dr. Roger Chen. Grace to the Bay is the radio outreach of Grace Church of the Bay Area located in San Mateo. If you are blessed by Dr. Chen's message and are looking for a church home, you're invited to come worship with them. Now, here is Dr. Chen. First, let's read verses 9 and 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, first, Paul speaks of the kingdom of God and specifically the inheritance of it. As a general categorization, there are the righteous and the unrighteous. There are the believers and the unbelievers. And understand, when we talk about the righteous, we're not saying righteous because of our works, but righteous because of the works of Jesus Christ. This is not about what we do to earn salvation, because that's impossible. It's about what Christ has done. So, When he talks about those who will inherit the kingdom of God, the righteous, it is because of those who are in Christ. The unrighteous are those who are not. Those who are not, the unrighteous, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you need to understand that we believers will inherit the kingdom of God. And we must understand that word inherit. This is not merely saying that you're going to get to participate in it. You will inherit it. Because of Jesus Christ, it is rightfully ours. And in the same vein, because of Christ, we have been transformed and we live in a way in which our habitual actions, our character, are in line with the calling and character of Christ. Are we perfect? No. Are we characterized by habitual acts of righteousness? By God's strength, yes. Are unbelievers perfect? No. Are they characterized by habitual acts of unrighteousness? Or habitual acts of righteousness, rather? Impossible. Because the only way we can do it is because of Christ, because we are in Christ. Thus the title for them, unrighteous. So, despite what the world may believe and even what certain religions may teach, these individuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by their beliefs, their teachings, even in their good works. Paul gives a list. Many of them we've seen already earlier in chapter 5. I'm just going to go through this quickly and focus on some of the ones we haven't seen already in 1 Corinthians. Fornicators. We saw this back in 5, 10, and 11. There it was the word immoral. Uh, We emphasized that it was the sexual immoral. 
Uh, more to the point with the word fornicator. It's a blanket term for sexual immorality with an emphasis, but not limitation on those who are unmarried or single. And we'll see the emphasis on the married in the, the, the word adulterer. The next word is idolater. You know this, follower of any false god or religious system, uh, more prevalent in ancient Rome and Greece than it would be uh, today. Adulterer. This is a married person who has sexual relations outside of the marriage, thus defiling the marriage bed. Hebrews 13.4 Marriage is to be held in honor among all and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. And here he includes both for fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. The next two, effeminate and homosexuals, are both referring to homosexuality. That's why actually the ESV just combines them both into one word. You know what this is. It's simply anyone who exchanges the God-given and ordained male-female roles in such relationships. Much like today, this behavior spread like wildfire through the Greek and Roman cultures. I might add, if you would excuse a word, that this has evolved uh, over the centuries, especially recently, thanks to modern science. So you need to understand that this includes anything that would fall within, for simplicity's sake, LGBTQ. Why two different words, effeminate and homosexual? Uh, it simply refers to the two different roles within such a relationship. I think that's all I need to say about that. If you want more specifics, you can talk to me afterwards. Moving into verse 10. Thieves and covetous are both related to the sin of greed. A covetous is someone who wants more and is willing to fulfill those desires through any means, meaning they want what others have, whether a specific individual John has, or just as a general principle, well, I know people have, and I want it. The thief then is some, someone who will actually go and take it from someone else. Drunkard. Excessive indulgence in alcohol and frequent intoxication. You know what this is. I do want to note though that this is not just someone who would be classified in our society as an alcoholic. This can be someone who is not an actual alcoholic per se, but gets drunk every other Friday night or whatever it may be, parties with, with, the, with the boys, with the girls. Reviler is next. We saw this in depth a few weeks ago. It's someone who uses abusive language to harm others. They destroy with their tongues. It's a reflection of what's in their heart, which is a hatred so profound and unchecked that it causes pain and misery for others. Even their own reputation, even the other sin of the fear of man does not keep them from expressing these things, which explains why it's on this list. Swindler, we also have seen before, it's someone who uses force and violence or manipulation in their theft. And so when I say manipulation, I don't want you to just picture a mugger in a dark alley who will either use violence or threaten violence 
that's obviously part of it, but it's not limited to that, especially in this modern age. A swindler, to be very specific, would include people like Bernie Madoff or Kenneth Lay and Jeff Skilling of Enron. So a swindler would include those who steal indirectly, take advantage of others for their own gain, extortionists, embezzlers, even false advertisers, even the people who call you saying that you've won money or, or gotten an inheritance or need to send them gift cards to pay off your taxes, scammers, people who get on eBay or Amazon who promote fake or defective goods and services. These are all swindlers. And again... Paul says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. I think it goes without saying, but just to be clear, we are talking about the unrepentant. We are talking about unbelievers who are unrepentant unto Christ. And I should also add that even if they change these behaviors without Christ, they are still not inheriting the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And to be clear also, if you truly are a Christian, it doesn't mean if you commit one of these sins, if you drink too much and get drunk, if you have an affair that you just lose your salvation because you can't lose your salvation. Now again, it's true that no unbeliever will inherit the kingdom of God. Not just those who fall in these categories. In other words... The agnostic, heterosexual, faithful husband who has never gone drunk in his life, has not stolen a penny in his life, but does not know Jesus Christ will not inherit the kingdom of God. The upright citizen. So why the list? Why doesn't he just say unbelievers? Why give us this list? And here's where we connect it back to the context of lawsuits. This is very convicting. Paul uses this list to emphasize those at the height of unrighteous behavior to point out that when a Christian takes another Christian to court, he is living like those on this list. You're not just living like any old upright citizen non-Christian. You are living like those on this list. And in case it has not yet occurred to you how bad it is to take another Christian to court, if by some active suppression of the Holy Spirit's conviction and the truth of the Scriptures, you still think it's okay, read that list again. When you pursue such lawsuits, you are living like them. Remember, Paul is talking to people currently in the middle of a lawsuit. So to them, he's saying, why are you living like them right now? And the will not inherit the kingdom of God part, again, reminds us of how vastly different we are than the world. And that leads us to our fifth motivation to avoid legal disputes, the powerful ordination. The powerful ordination. We've seen the pernicious outcome, the preferred or pious option, the paradoxical offense, the profane outsiders, and lastly, the powerful ordination, 
Look at this, verse 11. Such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you. It's not referring to the lawsuits. He's referring to that list that he just wrote. He says, I know some of you used to do this kind of stuff. Paul used to be, Saul used to do a lot of this stuff before you were a Christian. And he's saying, that's okay. That's okay. God has forgiven you. He doesn't count those things against you because He doesn't judge you based on the past. He doesn't weigh a lifetime of good and bad works. He just weighs the works of Christ. That's it. And this is explained in the rest of the verse. All of these things that God has done for us took place in the past once for all. This is accurate, the grammatical translation here, because in the Greek, it's in the past, it's done. Not you are being, not you will be, not you might have been, you were washed, sanctified, justified. It's done. First, you were washed, you were thoroughly cleansed of your sin and the objective guilt of them. This is speaking of our new life of regeneration. You are a new creature. It's done. Washed clean. Perfectly cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Does that mean you're perfect? No. Does that mean you no longer sin? No. But you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. All of that was washed away. It was taken care of on the cross. You, you are no longer a slave to sin. You, you no longer need to do those things. We do those things. We still want to do those things, but you don't need to do those things as you once did. There's nothing God forgot in the washing. He got behind the ears. Got all the, as I tell my kids, the crevices. There's nothing hidden that he missed. Next, you are sanctified. This is not talking about the continuing process of spiritual growth or sanctification that is still ongoing in all believers. You just become holier and holier. This is the past act of sanctification, which means being set apart from sin to God. In other words, made holy claimed by God to belong to His family. You're no longer on their team. You're on His team, member of His holy people, completely set apart, sanctified. By the way, again, this is permanent. You won't be offered another contract. You won't be traded to another team. You won't retire from the game. Thirdly, you are justified literally declared right or righteous, cleared of every charge. Regardless of your past, you now have a new standing before God. (laughs) Regardless of your present, (laughs) you have a new standing before God. Justified by faith alone, 
It's not the works of Christ plus your works. It's not, yes, believe in Jesus Christ and do good, and you can earn your way. Justified, it's done. Faith alone. If you're justified, you're going to heaven. And all of this, he says, was done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've seen this before recently. The word name represents all that he is and all that he has done. It is his will, his power, his work, his being. In other words, it's not about how good you are. It's not about earning your ticket to heaven. It's all done in the past, once for all, by Christ and Christ alone. In other words, if you have confessed with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believed in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you have been, past tense, once for all, been saved. Romans 10.9. Back to the context. You have been removed from among the wicked and will inherit the kingdom of God. So live out your new life in Christ and stop acting like the wicked by bringing other Christians to court. Now understand, I believe I mentioned this at the end of last week's sermon. We're not off the hook, so to speak, because we're just not lawsuit type people. Because you even when you are an unbeliever, this is just not something you would do. It's about the bigger picture. It's about what led these people and many others to have lawsuits in the first place. Again, it's about loving. It's about pursuing righteousness. It's about living out and exemplifying and experiencing the grace of God most profoundly exhibited on the cross and in salvation. So it's not just lawsuits. Now understand, that's, that's really bad, right, to get to that degree, and that's the comparison to all those types of wickedness. But in general, we are not to live like the world. We are not to live like the wicked, and so... It doesn't matter if it's a lawsuit or if it's anger or if it's jealousy or if it's whatever. It is still an issue of a lack of righteousness, love and grace and fellowship and all of those things. I mean, I appeal to Matthew 5 again. Jesus didn't say, turn the other cheek in a lawsuit. He didn't say, when he wants to go with you a mile, go with him too. When he threatens to take you to court, he says as a general principle, this is who you are now. This is who you are to be. And these, these general principles need to permeate every aspect of our lives. Again, there's a place for lawsuits. Don't you dare ignore criminal activity and not get the law involved. That's why God put them there specifically. It says that, right? To be a sword. We, we have a system. And again, this is, this is, ours is far from imperfect or far from perfect, I should say. But even that phrase in describing our system of government 
No one even would use that phrase in probably half or more of the countries in this world because it's not even close. It's even that, that analogy would not even work to them. It's a dictatorship. It, it, it's oppressive. You, know, you hear about Christians being beheaded. That's legal in their country. This isn't people hiding in basements doing it. That's legal. For some of these countries, it would be illegal for them not to. You understand? But we live in a place, a country where we have a system of law that God has put in place. Aren't you happy about that? Uh, Yeah, sure, you're not happy about that ticket you got this morning on the way to church because you were late. But aren't you happy that you can live relatively in peace, sleeping at night? Sure, you lock your doors. Some of you don't. But why do we do that? Because. Because there's no sin? No, there's sin. There's thieves. There's bad guys. There's human traffickers. There's all kinds of gross stuff out there. But there's also police. And there's deterrents like prisons, judges, government. There are places where it would be appropriate too and where you do need to get your money back from a company that cheated you, for example. Uh, Hopefully this never happens in our church, but a divorce settlement would be appropriate. Again, your heart attitude has to be right in that. There are certain contracts where you have no choice but to go to court. There are certain situations where, again, because our society has become so litigious that you are required to go to court to settle this. Those aren't things that we're talking about. Okay? I want to be very clear about that, especially about that, the criminal activity. I said it last week, and I'll say it again today. If you come to me and tell me that someone in our church, or, or, or more specifically, someone in your family has committed a crime, and you say, Pastor, how are we as a church going to deal with it? I will say, I'm going to deal with it by calling the cops. I don't care that he's a member of our church. If he's committed a crime, he goes to jail. I cannot live with you and protect you from an abusive spouse. But the police can take him away, and that's what they should do. Again, we're not talking about those situations. And on the other end of the spectrum, we're not just talking about Christian to Christian on issues that are $100 or less. Thousand dollars or less. What's the, the limit for small claims court? Seven thousand, something like that? Seven hundred? Ten thousand? Even if it's over ten thousand, whatever it is, this still applies. Don't do it. Suffer wrong. Be defrauded. And again, it's not because God wants us to curl up in a ball and just be cowards in the world's eyes. No. It's love and righteousness. Have you noticed that so much that the world, that we wouldn't because we understood what he did. But you understand that how much of what Christians do and more specifically how much of what Christ did 
especially in his context, was cultural cowardice. Yeah, but he died on the cross. Thousands of people did. It wasn't unique to him. It was un- his situation was unique. You understand. But he's not the only person in history who was crucified. Speak up, Jesus. Come on. I mean, even the authorities were like, aren't you going to say anything? Defend yourself. Come on. And yet in fulfillment of prophecy, an example to us, he uttered not a word like a lamb led to slaughter. The world calls that cowardice. You try it. I tell my boys this all the time. Tempers are flaring. What takes more strength and resolve to just start swinging or to hold your tongue and walk away? I think we've all been there in that temptation of anger and you know how exponentially more brave and powerful you need to be to hold your tongue, put your hands in your pocket, and walk away. It's easy to throw punches. It's easy to denounce. It's easy to criticize and humble other people. And the smarter you are, the better you are at it because you can outwit them with put-downs. Take strength to shut up and walk away. These are the principles for us. This has been Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. For the next part in this series, join us next week at this same time. Grace to the Bay is the radio ministry of Grace Church of the Bay Area, practicing and proclaiming the purity of biblical truth. You are invited to join them for worship services in San Mateo, Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit gracebayarea.org for service times, directions, live streamed services, listen to archived sermons, or to make a tax-deductible donation to help keep Grace to the Bay on the air so that we can continue to share Pastor Roger's teaching with you each week. Again, that's gracebayarea.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.